0: Your home of the pens and the best pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. Break
1: the wall! Break down the walls! The best of the world. What's the world? With the NFL draft beginning Thursday. It's time to take the Jamokes who conduct all of these mock drafts and mock them. Ridicule them. Make fun of them. Call them out for what they are, which is wildly inaccurate. In particular, I speak of Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. First off, Mel Kuyper Jr. needs to just go away. He's been a draft pick since 1984. 34 years with that crap. I'd like to grab Mel's big board and bust him over the head with it. My big problem with these nerds is that they're always wrong. The draft never turns out like they predict it will, not past the early part of the first draft. It's all just guesswork, and they mostly guess wrong. But then, the day after the draft is over, they get a clean slate. Everybody's already talking about the next draft. And then, even during the next season, so-and-so was supposed to be good, and he sucks. So-and-so was supposed to be bad, and he's rookie of the year doesn't matter we've moved on these draft jerks have zero accountability bartley should go first and he won't mayfield will disappoint in fact all the first run quarterbacks will disappoint that's my draft analysis and it's just as good as theirs hey kuiper mcshay all you draft nerds guess what you just made the list The list is brought to you by Matt Lertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Call 412 815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Going to have Edzo. Eddie check? victorious over cancer, back on TV. He's going to, well, I guess it's too early for derby picks. Maybe not. Maybe Edzo can tease a little bit because that's still over a week away. But it's going to be great to have Edzo on after... All that's happened. 412 39 We've been talking Penguins and Caps all day. The rivalry's not the same as with the Flyers, but it's a pretty big rivalry. The Caps fans are just thirsting to finally beat the Penguins in the playoff series. That's only happened once ever, and they've certainly met. What are the Penguins? 9-1, and 10-1 in playoff series? against the caps 9 and 1 it says here so uh, it would be uh, something that happens very rarely and given that the teams have been relatively not evenly matched but but closely matched over the years it is surprising the penguins are 9 and 1 in those 10 playoff series uh it goes to show how in hockey to be the man I would say you got to beat the man, but but you know, head-to-head matchups are very rare. The amount of time that Sid and Gino have played each other, boy, that's crazy. But they're in the same division. They've met in the playoffs now. This will be the third straight year. Also back in oh9 But to be the man in hockey, you got to earn it. And all the young guys that 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 you know the the hockey writers and. Social media yanks it and cranks it about. They haven't earned it. McDavid, where's he? Didn't even make the playoffs. Taylor Hall, where's he? One and done. Nate McKinnon, where's he? One and done. And the spotlight is on Sid and Ovi. The spotlight is on the 30 year old and the 32 year old. The spotlight is on Pittsburgh and Washington. And and to recap something I said earlier, I know a lot of people are drooling over the playoff series out west between Nashville and Winnipeg. The casual hockey fan doesn't give a rat's ass about Nashville and Winnipeg. And casual is where the money is. Casual is where the growth is. Casual is where the exposure is. The casual hockey fan knows Sid Novi. They want to see Sid against Ovi. The casual hockey fan couldn't name five players between Nashville and Winnipeg. And they got some good players. But the casual hockey fan couldn't name five players between Nashville and Winnipeg. Probably couldn't find either city on a map. But Nashville's got all those cool bars with the honky tonk music beat around the arena and the fans, yam yam yeah. yeah da, 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 da. In Winnipeg, it's Canada. They have that picture of Queen Elizabeth, I think. Do they still? That was at the old rink. They do a whiteout, right? Like nobody's ever done a whiteout before. I think Starbucks has started doing that too. Uh, anyway, it's Sid and Ovi, and that's the spotlight. Actually, not a whiteout, but you get my drift. It, You know, that, that I'm amazed that that's, I mean, shame on them for what happened, but I still can't get over the Jay Feely thing. He does an obvious joke and people are going crazy. Unreal. 412-333-9939. an Ovi in the spotlight and it's going to be amazing. And it almost always is. That matchup almost never disappoints. We talked a little bit about the draft, but I don't know if you could tell. My heart just wasn't in it. Steelers will draft somebody you you know for the draft to be exciting your team has to suck and then if it really sucks how excited could it be like cleveland they got the first and fourth picks next year they'll probably still suck especially when they take baker mayfield first overall and saquon barkley goes to the giants and runs for 2300 yards i go back to what i said before trubisky was the second pick last year he went to chicago didn't start the season as the number one, came in, didn't do great, Chicago still sucked. Leonard Fournette, fourth pick overall, running back, went to Jacksonville, they went from three wins the year before to the AFC Championship game this past season, urinating on the Steelers en route, not once but twice. I know it's a quarterback's league, but last year Leonard Fournette was a better bet than Mitchell Trubisky. And Mitchell Trubisky was a pretty sorry excuse for the best quarterback in the draft, too. I think I think at least that Darnold kid this year is, is way better. But if you're Cleveland, and, and that Darnold kid's not going to come in and start if you take him number one, nor will Baker Mayfield. And, and I keep saying that. People are, like, giving me crap on Twitter. Dan Patrick reported Cleveland is seriously considering taking Baker Mayfield. Not just Dan, either. So... It could happen, but if they got Barkley, they could win six or seven games next year. There would be immediate improvement. They got a great offensive line, even without Joe Thomas. They got two real good wide receivers. Tyrod Taylor is not the worst quarter. I mean, the best quarterback in the league, but he's okay. Might be the worst, but, but probably not. You know what they need? Here's what they should do. They should draft Barkley. Drafted a defensive player with the fourth pick and signed Kaepernick to be the number one quarterback. 412 333 39 is the number to call. Just around the corner, it's former Penguins coach Eddie Olchek. Edzo on 105.9.
0: Best hockey talk on 105.9 DX.
1: Taking hold of Edzo, we're still efforting. So let's fill the space with your calls. Dial now, 412-333-9939. It's the Pens and Caps. It's Crosby against Ovechkin. That's plenty to talk about. Oh, here's what Chris Letang said about Alex Ovechkin and his presence as a sniper on that left-left wall on the Capitals' power play. Because the question is often asked, how can he just keep scoring from there? How can the opposition not find an answer to that, to defend Ovi better at that spot? Latang said, quote, they have a guy like Ovechkin who's going to shoot every time. You try to be in his face, try to deny time and space, and make sure he doesn't get a quality shot on that, unquote. Uh, that's 101. Tanger didn't say anything that's not true. But obviously with Ovi producing like he does from that Left circle on the power play so consistently and so wide open, it seems. Uh, what Tanger suggests is easier said than done. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we still don't have the schedule for the Penns cap series. Now, if you want to extrapolate, us not having the schedule indicates the series won't start Thursday. If the series was going to start Thursday, as speculated, we would know by now. Because they're not going to give you like 36 hours notice to start a series. There's a Friday game, NBA playoff game, at the arena in D.C., so I think it's safe to presume that the series will start Saturday at D.C. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Also, uh, the Penguins practice today. Needless to say, uh, Malkin and Haglund did not practice. Mike Sullivan called each day today. Uh, both were walking around the practice facility in Cranberry uh, without much sign of wear and tear. Uh, Gino had a slight limp. Haglund appeared to be totally fine. Uh, staying with Gino in the slight limp, well, the good news is there wasn't a cast or a walking boot. Anything like that, so uh, who knows how Gino is. Hopefully not too bad. I, I got a feeling, and I have no uh, evidence. I didn't get a tip to confirm. I bet it's an ankle injury because he came back out and played the rest of Game 5 when he did get hurt, and when it's an ankle injury, as long as you don't take the skate off and don't let it swell up, you could play through it to some degree. Now, Geno obviously wasn't going to leave his skate on between games five and six. So uh, I'm thick and ankle. maybe not. It doesn't really matter what it is. What matters is how quickly Evgeny Malkin gets back. Four, one, two, three, 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 ninety nine, thirty nine. It is quite the collision course between Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. Ovi had five goals and three assists in the Columbus series. That lasted six games. Sid had six goals and seven assists in the Philadelphia series, which also lasted six games. It's the number one individual rivalry in hockey. It's going to play out again. Both players, like I said, maybe not at the top of their games. Well, Sid is. Ovi scoring goals, that's for sure. Sid's still the best player in hockey. Didn't take long for him to reassert that, did it? That regular season stuff, he's been there, done that, got the T-shirt. He knows what time of year really counts. And it's now. And he's standing up and being counted. Could you play better than Sid did in that series against Philadelphia? Now granted, and I'm not saying this by way of rubbing it in with Philadelphia. Granted, Philly was the worst team in the playoffs. They're not good defensively. There's a lot of reasons Sid did what he did against Philadelphia. And not all of it had to do with Sid's dominance and talent and greatness. Just about 90% of it. Like, you know who's tie with Sid for the playoff score Jake. Gensel with exactly the same stats. But Sid had a bit more to do with Jake and those numbers than Jake had to do with Sid and his numbers. Not to minimize Jake. He did great. Four goals to eliminate the Flyers. Like I said, they should build a statue of that kid. And the mic'd up thing, that's amazing. I got that video posted on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. It's so funny. Like I said earlier, Jake has that high squeaky voice, and he's doing the woo, woo, woo. And and, and he sounds like a teenager who just got to third base for the first time. Remember how exciting that was? Now I just want to get some friggin' sleep. Steelers draft. No, I don't care about that either. Pitt Basketball got a good recruit. No, I don't really care that much about that either. Pirates at home tonight. The weather sucks. Pirates are down to 12 and 10 now. They lost four straight at Philadelphia, even as the Penguins were eliminating the Flyers in Philadelphia. Crazy, right? And the Flyers had that nutty manager, Gabe Kapler, who, is, is this right, won't let his pitcher go through the batting order more than twice under any circumstances. Although I think Arietta did, didn't he? Well, at any rate, they lost four times to Philadelphia, and Arietta killed him. Okay, we have Edzo. So are we going to just go right through the commercials and stay hell with the sponsors, or do we want to bring them on after the... Okay, we'll go now. Joining me now the man who was back in the saddle with the NHL at NBC. He is the former coach of the Penguins. He scored 342 goals in the NHL, and he just keeps on picking winners at the local track. He is Edzo, Eddie Olczyk. Edzo, first off, it's great to see you back in action and looking good like only you can look.
0: Hey, Mark. Thanks a lot, man. Always great to be with you.
1: Uh, It's the pens and caps again. What does Washington have to do to finally get over that hump?
0: You know what, Mark? I think it's uh, when they have the momentum is to take advantage of it. And I think a lot of the times, uh, I should say a lot of the times, I think there have been sequences over the course of the last couple of years in these playoff battles between the Caps and Pens is when they've had the opportunity to seize the moment, and they haven't been able to do it when they've had the Penguins on the run. The difference, in my opinion, has been is that the Penguins have been able to take advantage so when the doors open uh sid finds a way to to capitalize and in in and, and help the team win their series so you know for me i mean look i mean maybe maybe this is what the doctor ordered for the washington capitals uh get down to nothing to columbus uh, lose the first two games at home and then win four in a row and you know maybe there's a you know, there's a confidence brewing here uh, for the Capitals, but I just think Mark of being a part of you know good portions of the last you know handful of matchups. It's when the Penguins have have had the chance to go ahead and, and, and give a knockout punch, whether it be in a game or in a series, they've been able to do it, and the Caps haven't been able to do it. And until you prove you can, everybody's going to doubt that you can get it done. But uh, maybe maybe this is a different time around and. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, coming up real soon.
1: Where is Braden Holtby's game at? And did being benched at the start of the first round maybe help him refocus and take the pressure off?
0: Well, I thought last night he was—you know—he was, you know, was kind of all over the place last night, Mark. I, I did that game in Columbus, and you know, I thought that he he might have been a little bit vulnerable uh, at times in that game, but you no, know, Washington just did not give Columbus a whole heck of a lot not a lot of second and third chance opportunities. And I, and I think Columbus was spent. They they really went to a short bench in this series. I mean, they were playing pretty much 10 and a half forwards, maybe throughout the duration of the series. And I think that ended up, you know, taxing some guys, some really highly skilled guys like Atkinson and Panarin, who aren't overly big guys. But, you know, I think over the course of a five or six game series against Washington, it's going to feel like seven or eight. Um, but I think for Holtby is... You know, he's, I think he's walking, he's skating around there, Mark, saying, look, this is my blue paint, and I'm not giving it back to Grubara. I'm not going to give it up to anybody, and I think he helped save their season. There's no question about it. He got a, you know, he came in in game two. He got his skates under him. Yeah, they lost that game on that one-handed overtime goal by Matt Calvert, but after that, you know, he was really good. Like, he, that game, let let me try to think. It was game five where Columbus outshot, The Capitals 16-1 to in the third period, and and our NBC stats people had them for seven grade-A chances out of the 16. So he gave his team an opportunity to get their skates under him in overtime, and then they pretty much dominated overtime, and they won, and then the rest is history. So I think he's in a pretty good place right now. But, again, I thought last night at times he looked a little shaky. Columbus not able to take advantage, and uh, the the Jackets and and the Penguins will get it on um, in round two.
1: It's been quite a comeback year for Ovi, hasn't it? Just 33 goals last year, 49 this year, and he had a great first round.
0: He did a couple of huge goals last night. I think the one thing that I've noticed, Mark, even, even last year, I find him being a little bit more selective on the contact that he initiates. And I, th- I think it's helped this game. I, I really do. Like he is such an energy guy. You know, he, he he wants to be in the middle of everything, but I think what he's starting to reeling with mature, uh, starting to realize with maturity and getting up there in years is that, you know, he, he, you can't play like that all the time and expect to have a, a lot of ammunition in the tank when it comes to the offensive part, because that's what he's there for. And that's what he's going to be judged on. So I think he's been much more selective, Mark, and he's picking his spots and, you know, he's still going to run some people over, but I, I think there's times when the light goes on and says, "You know what? I'm going to bypass this and I'm going to, I'm going to conserve some energy." So I, I think that's just maturity. I think that's a, a sign of a real smart, intelligent player, and in realizing that uh, he needs to save that energy. And you're right, a bounce back year without question. And uh, he scored two gigantic goals uh, in a uh, you know in a game clinching type of series for the Capitals, and you know they get a you know a couple of extra days. Um, instead of having to go play a game seven because you know exactly what the storyline would have been is that, you know, can the Caps do it and and what have you. Now they have to, you know, they turn the page and, and deserve to win that series. And now they have to go up against their arch rival. And, you know, the, of course, all the stories will come out and, you know, can they get it done? And, you know, we, we won't know for, you know, seven to 10 days, two weeks, whatever, how long it takes the series. But I think Ovechkin has had a, a terrific season and has continued where he's left off in the playoffs.
1: Malkin didn't play game six in Philadelphia. Haglin got knocked out of game six. They're listed as day to day. How can the Penguins cope without Malkin and Haglin early in the series if it comes to that?
0: Well, great depth, right? I think that's where you gotta look at. And uh, Jimmy Rutherford was able to go out and get Derek Brassard and you know, Riley Sheehan has, has played, you know, really well at times. Uh, you know, he had a good, strong game there in game six. I did that, you know, that uh, clinching game against the Flyers. I think that was Sunday afternoon, Mark. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that for the Penguins is, you know, look, the, the center ice position is not, you know, look, yeah, you'd love to have Malkin for sure. A thousand percent. Nobody's going to fill his skates, but you do have some depth there and you got an incredible coach behind the bench that can, you know, uh, have his schemes and game plan uh, accordingly and you know Haglin I mean he's an important but he's an important guy because he's an energy guy he can you know play in a lot of important situations but that's why it's it's a team it's a team game and the door is open for somebody else to take that ice and yeah two important parts and whether or not they play in a couple of days or not time will tell but for me Mark I, I think that uh, they have enough depth, depth there now. If these guys are going to be out for extended periods of time, well, you know maybe that ends up swaying the series because you're, like I said, you're never going to replace a guy like Malkin. But uh, I think that they have enough bodies there, and like I said, Mike Sullivan and and, and the schemes he has, I think that can uh, can overcome for a couple of games. Can it do it for seven? I mean, nothing would surprise me with Sidney Crosby led team. So it'll be interesting to see exactly, uh, you know, what, what kind of a lineup the Penguins have uh, in a couple of days.
1: What about Sid? Uh, he didn't have a great regular season, not by his standards. Did, did okay, stats were fine. But yeah. Then he came out in the first round and just took over.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, he is—he's uh, elite as we have in this in this league, and has been just that for you know for so many years. And. He rises to the occasion, and you know, I think I think with his experience and, you know, just, I mean, <laughs> almost like what I said with, uh, you know, what I've kind of noticed with Ovechkin here the last couple of seasons, I think with Sid, I think that, you know, there's shifts where I think he understands that maybe it's not going offensively. I mean, that's why, you know, we love him is because he, you know, he thinks he can go out there and, and, and generate offense every shift and, and get, you know, goals and assists and what have you. But I think that comes with experience too. And, you know, his 200 foot game, uh, you know, I think that's been, you know, what, what's really been impressive to me just watching on TV over the course, of, you know, a lot of games over the course of the last six, seven months. But in the playoffs, he, uh, you know, like I said, he just, he just has that incredible ability like the greatest players we've had in this game. And, uh, it didn't surprise me to see how well he played and, you know, the numbers going up and, you know, look. I mean, it doesn't matter who he plays with. Uh, the sign of a an elite player, a great player, a world class player is is that you know you can make other players around you better, and that's what he does night in and night out. And uh, you know, doesn't does, doesn't surprise me that he takes his game to another level. And uh, he's certainly a huge reason why the Penguins have gone on to the second round and why they're looking for their third straight Stanley
1: Cup. Jake Gensel had four goals Sunday. He has 19 goals in 31 career playoff games. Yeah. Edzo, his goals per game in the playoffs is just below the Rocket and just above Gretzky. How do you explain <laughs> that?
0: Oh wow! Uh, you know, just the you know the uh, the ability to to be in the right place at the right time and to know where to go and to to have the will and want to to get there and. You know, I think you know. Even though Jake isn't a you know overly large human being, I mean he's he puts his plums on the table each and every game, and you know, like he he just he just has that incredible ability. And uh, when you feel it, you you, you know, like it, it there's there's something there's just that feeling you get. And when you know you're on the ice, you know the puck's gonna find you. You, you may see you know where the puck is on the ice mark, and then you see you know, f- three or four sets of legs and sticks and a referee and a linesman. And you just know, you know what, this puck is going to find me and I'm going to be on the right side of it. And it's going to end up in the, in the, you know, in the back of the net. And uh, I-, I was hoping, I-, I didn't say this on the air the other night, I was hoping with the, you know, the couple of goal lead for the Penguins the other night, I was, you know, I was kind of hoping and wondering if, if, uh, if Coach Sullivan was going to put Jake out there with the empty net, I mean, they had the empty net pulled for what two, three minutes, right, the other night. So right. I, I was, I mean, I was, you know, hoping that he was going to get a chance to get the, uh, you know, to get the fifth one. But, um, but he just, like I said, another guy that, you know, just I don't want to say comes out of nowhere. But, you know, last year the story was told, and you know he, he stepped up in the playoffs, and then this year in the regular season, and again comes playoff time. You know, the numbers don't lie, I and mean, you can be. When you can be in the same uh, paragraph or a uh, you know a uh, a graphic on television when you when you got the names of uh, Richard and Gretzky uh, and you're on that list, uh, that's pretty salty stuff for a guy that's uh, you know not even played two full seasons in a National Hockey League.
1: How do you think Matt Murray played against Philadelphia? I thought he did okay, but I think they might need a little better moving forward. How about you? Yeah, yeah,
0: I I, I would agree with you. Um, but he did make, uh, you know, he did make some sneaky good saves. Yes. And, you know, I go, I go back to Mark, I go back to game three where it was all Philadelphia for the first, what, nine minutes, whatever it was, eight minutes. And then Sid, you know, had the wraparound and, and then that just took the air out of the flyers in the building and, and, you know, and, and it wasn't even close after that. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think at times in that series, he was really, really good. Uh yeah, there's some goals probably that he would like back or uh you, you know, you you you'd think you could uh you know, make a better read or a decision, whatever you want to call it, whatever verbiage you want to use, but I, I would agree with you. Uh but again, another guy that uh you know, the the proof's in the pudding, right? I mean what's happened here the last couple of years and uh he's looking for his, you know, third Stanley Cup already in his third year in the National Hockey League, so he just has the ability to be able to do it, and I know they have great confidence in him. And you know, even on that, uh, you know, that fourth goal in Game Six, uh, the Lawton chance, uh, you know, that wasn't a good goal to give up. But then after that, I mean, he was rock solid, and you know, the Penguins certainly took over and got them back into the game. But you know, those are the type of goals that uh, that haven't gone in on him at crucial times. Like, and Mark, you know this, and regardless of any in any sport. Is that, you know, you can afford to have a bad inning. You can have a bad quarter. You know, you could have a bad period. Uh, but, but when is that right? Like what is the score when you have that? And, and, you know, that goal there, you know, looked like it was going to put the Flyers in the driver's seat. And then the Penguins take advantage of a couple of gaffes by Radko Gudis, And next thing you know, it's a way different game. And, you know, and, and we know what happened from there. So, you know, soft goals are going to happen. Uh, it's just when they happen and how does your goaltender respond and how does your most importantly how does your team respond and the penguins have proven you know that uh, you know nothing's going to nothing's going to phase them because of their uh, you know their championship pedigree
1: and so finally uh you have picked i believe the last 17 or 18 Kentucky Derby winners in a <laughs> row you were absolutely foolproof i know it's early but what's your early feeling uh there's a lot of speed in the race uh mark uh
0: you know, we all, I think we've only had I think what three wire to wire winners in the last eleven or twelve years. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to look for a horse that's kind of kind of sit, sit mid pack, maybe sitting fifth or sixth for the mile and quarter run on the first Saturday in May. And you know, I think I am definitely going to use Bob Baffert's horse Justify because he seems to be the real deal. But I, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of pressure and you know maybe get a little you know maybe gets a little leg weary down the last eighth of a mile um but i'm gonna look at a horse uh, by the name of good magic if the race was later today that's certainly where my money would be going chad brown the trainer looking for his first kentucky derby winner it's a very tactical horse so uh, hopefully uh good magic will have a little bit of that uh on the first saturday in may
1: how much should i bet ed so should i bet at all
0: Mark, whatever you got in your in your right pocket, because I know you got your little stash <laughs> in your left and the smart guys got all their money in their right pocket.
1: Edzo, hey, great to hear from you again. Glad things are going well. We'll talk soon, I hope.
0: Look forward to it, Mark. Thanks.
1: That's Edzo. Good magic. I'm gonna bet it all. Edzo never loses. Why would I not bet it all? Is it too early to ask Mark anything? You know what? Let's start let's do a double shot of ask. Because we ran along with Edzo, which is great because it was great hockey talk. Ask Mark anything. 412 333 WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Good day, Mr. Madden. Good day. Hey, Mark. I want a sugar daddy. Double M, not to hang. How about all at once? The X at 1059. Okay, it's going to be an extra long segment to ask Mark anything so we can wrap the show up early. Thanks to Edzo for joining me, by the way. So I go out and toast Liverpool's 5-2 win over Roma today, although the two away goals conceded uh, leave the tie a little bit in doubt heading back to Roma next week. That's what's crazy about the Champions League. You're up 5-0, you concede two late goals, and you're worried. You're not really celebrating a 5-2 win, but again, that's the Champions League. Two games, total goals, away goals is the tiebreaker. They scored two, they win 3-0 at Rome. They go through. Then again, I don't think they're going to shut us out. Anyway, Ask Mark Anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house, so be sure to check out chipino in the strip. Let's go to Dan in North Hills. Dan, Ask Mark Anything. What up, mate? What up? Mark, what's the most physical pain you've ever felt in your life? That's actually a real good question. It wasn't my heart attack, believe it or not. Um, I got a staph infection one time, of course, when I was on vacation in Las Vegas. I was in hospital for two days out there. And I was just burning up with fever. So that that was when I felt the sickest. That was when I felt like it, it might be all for me. Seriously, even though I wasn't in danger like I was from the heart attack. The heart attack felt like the flu. So when I had my stents put in and was all groggy, that didn't feel too good either. But, like, I've, I've, I broke my collarbone as a kid. I, I can't think of – I haven't broken any other bones. I blew out the bursa sack on my shoulder once when I fell on it. I don't know. I've, I've gone through a relatively pain-free life, I guess, except for the, the constant mental anguish, of course. Let's go to Jason and Beaver. Jason, ask Mark anything. <laughs> Jason, you're on the air. Oh, hey, Mark. How you doing? Great. Um, what's your expectations for the uh, Greatest World Rumble on Friday? Well, I thought that in the in the uh, title match they were going to give it to Reigns from Lesnar. That that would be where Reigns would win it because the crowd in Saudi Arabia might actually like Reigns as opposed to all the crowds in America. And it would look good on TV or on the stream or whatever. But now I've heard they just given up on Reigns as champion because... They've had four years to try to get them over, and the crowd still doesn't like them. So I have no expectations. i got to tell you, though, bro, are you a big WWE fan? Yes. What do you think about them going to do a show in a country where they won't allow the women to perform? Um, I think it goes completely against like what they're trying to do for women. No, no, no. It, it, it goes completely against the grain of what they're trying to convince you they're doing for women. Okay, they're, they're pushing the women because they think they can make money from it, It is hardly a moral stance. Let me ask you this, too. How would you feel, and I haven't confirmed this, but I've heard this, I heard Saudi Arabia is asking WWE to leave all its Jewish performers at home. (laughs) uh, uh, Don't don't laugh because that's not funny. Who are they offhand? Do you know? I, I don't know, and I don't care. But I've heard that Saudi Arabia, for this big show that they're hosting with WWE this weekend, is asking WWE to leave their Jewish performers at home. And I've heard WWE won't do it. But, you know, they shouldn't even be there if the women can't perform and if the country would even ask them to do that. They just shouldn't be there. But money talks. Let me tell you something. I know the McMahons do all this charity stuff because it makes them look good, but that's why they do it. It makes them look good. They're just a bunch of wrestling scumbags. They haven't changed even a little bit from what they used to be back when it was just a, 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 a carny con let's go to Jerry and Blonox Jerry ask Mark anything
0: uh-huh yeah uh, hey Mark w- when you were with ESPN radio and you had Jim Colony as your producer why did you he, abuse him
1: so he wasn't now? my producer he was just the news guy
0: yeah but y- you know you
1: called him Colonelberg and you just that's like his real name him. his real name is Colonel Burke he changed it is to a- colony for radio his real name is James Colonel Burke Yeah, but did he do something to you? I mean, you're pretty nice to Bob McLaughlin. No, Jim's a a nerd. He's a jerk. He's a four-eyed geek. That's not nice. Well, you know what? I'm a bully. Live with it. He worked at my station. He was an underling to me. Who are you, anyway? Who do you think you are to criticize me? Goodbye. Let's go to Samantha in Carnegie. Samantha, ask Mark anything.
0: Hey, Mark. I provided the catering in your office today, and I just wanted to know if you
1: liked your lunch. It was delightful, especially the sesame chicken.
0: Good. In, fact, in
1: fact, where are the leftovers? I want to take some home. Is there any more here? Um, Doug has them. <laughs> Who?
0: Doug. Doug Lyons.
1: Well, I need him to drop off some more sesame chicken. No, it was very good, Samantha. Thank you for catering, and Thank you for asking. We had a bunch of advertisers in today, and Samantha's catering company catered to lunch, and the sesame chicken was just dynamite. Let's go to Mark at O'Hara Township. Mark, ask Mark anything. Good day. Right.
0: Hey, uh, what can you tell me about uh, legalized sports betting in the United States?
1: It's only legal in one place. Fabulous Las Vegas. I well, Nevada, they I were- think.
0: I thought that they were trying to legalize it They're uh, trying to, but
1: it's not been done yet. I think they should, don't you? Absolutely, but I I didn't... They should legalize gambling. They should legalize prostitution. They should legalize drugs. Legalize, regulate, and tax. It'd it'd be safer. You'd take the criminal element out of it, and the government would get richer.
0: During the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure that Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels were saying that uh, Brent Musburger... Has, after leaving broadcasting, is in Vegas, and he's setting up. He's getting ready to do, I don't know, online gambling or whatever. But he, they said no, no, Brett Musburger
1: writes a gambling column for the Las Vegas paper. But, but you know, in Vegas they already have gambling, so there are only so well, many new enterprises you could set up. But, but, I, you know, the Supreme Court's supposed to make a decision soon on sports gambling in New Jersey. And if it's legalized okay. there, it's going to be legalized everywhere. And what a great day that will be. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Dan and Mars. Dan, ask Mark anything.
0: Mark, I turn on late night TV and I catch the uh, the underground wrestling scenes or underground, so to speak. But uh, I was just curious as to your opinion. What direction I should I
1: should look towards? What do you mean underground of- wrestling? What are you talking about? Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Ring not of Honor is not under- underground. Ring of Honor is a great promotion. It's tremendous. Oh, I love it. Ohio Valley, checking out. No, Ohio Valley stinks. Ring of Honor is good. Goodbye. Too many wrestling calls. Let's go to Mike in the car. Mike, ask Mark anything.
0: Hey, Mark, I'm just trying to find out what is the difference between the FA Cup and the Champions League. It, it seems like there's it's- a
1: pretty big difference. The FA Cup is a tournament, single elimination, that every team in England is eligible to enter. Professional, amateur, in your a- paint and paint anybody? Too, right? like, shut up! Do you want to know or don't you? Yeah. Okay, and then like the amateur teams go through qualifying rounds. The top-flight professional teams don't play till the third round proper, but any team can enter the FA Cup. The Champions League is a tournament among the top teams in Europe that you make by finishing fourth or higher in your league the year before. That's if you're in one of the major leagues like Germany, uh, England, uh, France, uh, etc., Spain, and if you're in a smaller country like you know Portugal and I suppose Liechtenstein. You know, you have to win the league or go through qualifying rounds or whatever. So the Champions League is a much harder thing to win and a much bigger deal. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Tommy in the truck. Tommy, ask Mark anything. I said a good day. Right. Hey, uh, hey Mark, have you ever seen Metallica? They're coming in the fall. And, or uh, would you recommend them? or are you going? I, I won't be going. I have seen Metallica. They're not quite my cup of tea. I prefer Megadeth. The songs are shorter, they're punchier, they're poppier, they're less self indulgent. Uh, so I'm not anti Metallica, but I, I don't care enough about them to buy their albums or to go to their show. But if you want to go, go. I think it's terrific. I right, heard their new album is great. I've not heard Happy that, 30. nor nor will I. Let's go very quickly to Hebrew Hammer. Hammer, you got ten seconds.
0: Hey, that's Chopino, that's a that's supposedly a nice restaurant. Do they have uh do they have a good grilled cheese sandwich?
1: It is a very nice restaurant. And they do not have a grilled cheese sandwich. Why, would you like me to have them make one and name it after you? No. Okay, goodbye then. 5-2, we can't even. Okay, there it goes. That was good. 5-2, that's real good. I, I can't help but be upset about the two goals late, but 5-2, I'll take it. Good talk. See you out there. 105.9. Yeah.